0: Thank you for listening to the Fields Brothers Show.
1: Roger, did you ever think about the fact that at the cross when Jesus died, nobody asked him for forgiveness? Nobody asked him, Jesus, would you die on the cross for me? Jesus, would you forgive my sins? He did it entirely of his own initiative. Okay. And he accomplished that. We're going to talk a little bit more about right. that and this whole idea of forgiveness of sins. Because I think it's We kind of mentioned it quickly at times, but I think we need to hit it more head on uh, once in a while. I think that might be helpful. But anyway, this is the Fields Brothers Show podcast coming to you from Central Kentucky. I am Jeff Fields. I'm Roger the,
0: Fields. I'm older
1: a little bit. That's little little the other creative, voice you may and, occasionally uh, hear on this in a beautiful day here in Central Kentucky. <laughs> I forgot how just... Arriving here this morning, had some horses out. Uh, not your horses, but just up the road. I mean, walking distances, like eight or nine. Just beautiful horses. Oh yeah, just there's right a beautiful area. The beautiful there. area of so, of,
0: the, of Kentucky. Beautiful area of the country. You know, Jeff. One of the things. It always stumps me. It happened to me again this week. They said, "Now, what is exactly does your brother do?" <laughs> and I said, like, "Well, look, I don't know." I guess it's he been says a long time he's since in the yeah, that. he's in the financial services in the industry. The financial that's services all he'll say. Industry. If he says anything else, he claims you have to put a disclaimer in there, and so we don't know what he does. So I work in the
1: financial services industry, and so he's just getting his fancy schmancy office downtown. So that's all we know. I've done that since nineteen late nineteen ninety three. So we just, don't care, Jeff. I
0: don't the, care how long you've done it. Probably worth pointing out because,
1: <laughs> well, but you know, people may be interested in a little bit of our background. So we can go over that real quick here. You know, we were both full time paid pastors. In you got role. paid for that? There, yes, I did. <laughs> I guess I did too. Okay. Uh, the um, so from 1983 to '93, I was I was full time pastor uh, in Stanton Christian Church in Stanton, Kentucky. They were very good to us. We have no complaints about how we were treated. They were, they treated us very kindly, and still have a lot of good friends there and but kind of sense God leading a different direction at that time so I resigned voluntarily and just a few months after that, um, had the opportunity to get in the financial services industry. A friend of mine that was already in that industry was looking for someone to. Well, and there was a scandal
0: him. in the church, right? No there, no, there was no scandal. Money there, was, what, there was what, no. What happened? Come on now. Tell there was us what no. Happened.
1: There was no scandal. I just right. voluntarily resigned. All right. Um, Teresa and I had four children at the time. Lived in the parsonage, which is the you know the house that the church owns. So that was fun wasn't to it? resign. Well, there's good and bad. You know, good okay. you don't have to worry about the maintenance. You know, something goes wrong, it's it's not your house. Somebody else will pay okay. for it, you know, being fixed and all that. But um right. I do remember when we when we left you know, so when we left there we had to, you know, find a new place to live too. So we moved to a town about thirty minutes away. I was also a part time hospice chaplain, so I had some part time income already there. Uh, that kind of overlapped both <laughs> vocations. But I remember we, you know, so sort of bought our first house in September of Ninety-three, and I remember that was a little bit of an overwhelming feeling of okay, if anything goes wrong here, yeah, yeah. You know, well, you then, didn't have it, me to help you back then, there. Too. I
0: wasn't a realtor then, so I couldn't help you through that process. But that
1: all yeah. worked out well, nineteen ninety-three. So that is almost that's, that's a long time. But ago, now, before
0: that, too. you were also you also
1: pastored in a large city in
0: Kansas, didn't you? Um, Depends,
1: Depends on your say. definition of large. If you've seen a western where you see a tumbleweed <laughs> rolling down the main street, it was kind of one notch above that. Okay, maybe. all right, and uh, but yeah, what there was, was what was the town called? It was La Harpe. La Harpe. L a h a r p e. That was about five miles away from the big city of Iola, which actually had a few stoplights in Iola. But, but they, you know, wonderful memories from those times, and I kind of feel sorry for the people in the church that had to listen to what I was saying. Back in that time, I was sincere. That's about all yep, I can say now. We both sincere. But, uh, and I'm sure there was some truth that came across. I'm sure every now and then but they're, they're I can say some kind of
0: nugget of truth slipped through somehow, <laughs> slipped through the cracks.
1: And God graciously, and that is, you know, that's a reminder, not just then, but even in my time in Stanton, I, I kind of think back now and shudder at some of the stuff that I said from the pulpit there. And so that helps me. Sometimes I shudder
0: about the stuff we said on the that, podcast uh, to like to a year them. ago or two weeks ago. Well, I shudder about, <laughs> yeah.
1: shudder about the stuff you say. I'm oh, not shudder yeah. about Okay, <laughs> all right. But it, it does help us be a little more gracious, hopefully, and, and loving to people now that uh, don't see things. Because one, we realize I didn't always see it this way, and two, I'm still may have, I'm sure there's still things that I currently do not see correctly. And so, uh, five years from now, what will we look back and think? Mm, right, well, that, so that and I was need kind to cringe-worthy.
0: Do I need to launch into my autobiography now? I was I was born in Niagara Falls, <laughs> not in the falls actually, but in the city of Niagara Falls in New York. But anyway, pastor, a little town in Kansas like mm-hmm. you as a student, moved to Moorhead, Kentucky. Yeah, all right, never mind. Mm-hmm. Just forget, just forget. I even brought Never mind. No, <laughs> oh, I'm just trying forget to You're going to mock it. I mean, you know, it's not that different from you. <laughs> but anyway, then pastored in Moorhead, Kentucky for seven years, went to, to Tampa, Florida, was on staff at a church there for, I think, about seven years, and then started a ministry called Kids Blitz. Uh, this then developed into, split into Kids Blitz and Fan Blitz, and did that for 23 years, traveled all over this country went to over 40 denominations, was in a different church just about every weekend.
1: I assume you're still very glad for that decision and
0: enjoying being off the road. I was very honored to do it. I had a great time doing it, but two things. And I explained this to the other day to somebody, and I thought it kind of helped me galvanize my thinking as I was explaining it to them. I really had come to kind of the end of my ability to travel, just really could mm-hmm. not travel much anymore. And also, I think I came to the end of my creativity with it. I couldn't bring anything else creative to the event. We kept improving it and changing over the years, and for the last couple of years, I couldn't. You know, I tweaked little things, always trying to make it better all the time, but it just come to the point where I just didn't know how to take it further. And I just knew that God was just speaking to me. It's time to just do something completely different. So late in life, made a change, now a realtor. And I love it. I'll tell you, it really is an interesting life. I don't talk about it much on the podcast because that's not what the podcast is about. But it is a lot of fun. I do love working with the people. I do love seeing the properties. There's a lot to learn about it. But it's a fascinating industry. So anyway, there you go.
1: Before I get into kind of what I really wanted to talk about, I do have a decision to make that I, I need to – don't have to decide today, but I'll, I will need to decide this probably sometime in the next month or so. So I'll tell you, Roger, about the decision weighing before me, and not that I'm going to It's not golf-related.
0: It? Please tell me it's not a golf-related decision.
1: Well, what it, it is,
0: is, what is a go- it is? It is.
1: It is. I nailed it. Oh, okay. Go ahead. So not that I'm, obviously, not that I'm going to take your advice, but if you want any input, I have not yet decided whether or not I want to be a marshal again this year in the Marvisal um, golf I tournament. Knew it,
0: I knew it was golf related. So,
1: you just turned a dial way down from where it was. Is that that's not a problem? Is it? No, that's, that's little, not. That was okay. the uh, cell phone. If somebody had called
0: into okay, our talk right. show, they would have. Okay, you know, we have turned back up, but nobody calls us because we're
1: not doing it live. So. I just a little disconcerting. I'm talking and I look over and I see you turning. Move a knob I all actually, the way I down to start zero. Doing that. I think, when you start are talking you, about just,
0: golf, I should just bring just, you down. Yeah, you know, <laughs> put a little background music on. I could do that. So long time
1: listeners listers will know that I have worked as a marshal in the Barbersaw Golf Tournament a couple different years, and I haven't decided whether I not to do it this year or not. So That's me snoring I will the keep you posted, Roger. I know you will be anxiously. Um, are they having the, So they are having the...
0: Tournament this year? Yeah, didn't have it
1: last year. It got called off because of COVID. But so they all yeah, do. It'll be in year. July, in mid-late July. July so really? and no hot, hot as blue blazes normally. So yeah. okay.
0: And so what do you do, Jeff? You stand out there and you hold a sign up that says "Hush." Yeah, we you ma- maintain, order. You maintain, maintain order. Maintain order.
1: Okay. Yes. So <laughs> law and order. So on the all eighth right. hole at the Barbersaw Golf Tournament. got anything of anyway. real
0: substance over there? Anything that could benefit the listener?
1: Yes. I am more and more reminded of the importance of the the two halves of the gospel, the first one being the forgiveness of sins. And so that's what I want to talk about basically. The, I think there's so much misunderstood about the forgiveness of sins, but before that, and we talk about that, the two halves of the gospel, I want to read the verse from Romans chapter five, verse 10. And, and people have brought, you know, other teachers and writers have brought this out for many years. So this is nothing new to us recently, but says, for if, Romans 5.10, for if when while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. We've talked about this before, but I, I think it needs to be repeated often. And I think maybe sometimes we just gloss over it too quickly. So I just wanted to be able to spend a little bit more time today on this podcast with it. That essentially, you know, it's easy to think that the salvation is just getting us from, to heaven, out of the uh, destiny to B. of point hell to, a to, 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 B. to heaven. And there is so much more to that. The word salvation, you remember what the word salvation means, essentially in Gospels? It means... The rescue, isn't it? Kind of a uh, take well, you out of something? Or what's uh, made whole is, what made it, is the right answer is what we're looking for here. So if that uh-huh. was Jeopardy, you would you I guess would I did it. forget but, that. But the idea, and sometimes it's translated that way. Sometimes, you know, Jesus will say to someone, your faith has made you whole when right. he's healed them sometimes. And it's the same word for salvation, or your faith has saved you. So the idea that it's... Salvation, we are made whole. So that assumes that before salvation, we were not whole. We were not complete in that. So what was missing in what way? It's not just because we had committed some sins. And so it all goes back to the Garden of Eden, that when God created Adam, created Adam in his own image. And so Adam had the capability to know God. He had the, he had a, a spirit. He had the capability to relate to God spiritually and to be joined with God and to have God live in him. But when he did not choose the tree of life, and he chose instead the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it says, in the day you eat of it, you will surely die. Well, obviously he didn't die physically, but he did die that day spiritually. And so from then on, man was incomplete. Man was not whole. Man did not have the spirit of God living within him. He could at times relate to God And we obviously read that throughout the Old Testament. But in terms of being indwelt by God, that was not possible because of sin. And so the salvation, so these two parts of of Romans 5.10, for when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. And so there is a sense in which we're not saved by his death. Rather, we're saved or made whole by his life, and so the two halves of the gospel is one: the sin issue had to be dealt with. We had to be reconciled to God. Sin separated us from God, and so when Jesus died on the cross, all the sin of the world was taken away. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You know, it's fascinating that he. You know, one of the things he said on the cross: "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." All right. So, what do you think did the Father answer that?
0: Yeah, well, Father say, say,
1: oh, let me think about this. You know, I'm not too sure. You know." And so obviously the prayer of Jesus was answered. No one's asking Jesus to forgive them. He just, it is all by his initiative. And so, but the forgiveness of sins is just the first half of the gospel. There's much more to it than just, okay, he he took our guilt away so we don't go to hell. But But if you can't get over that,
0: I mean, if you're not really sure that you're totally, completely, eternally forgiven, if you can't get past that, it's hard to, I think, grasp the rest of it oh
1: absolutely and so it's necessarily not only from god's standpoint but from our standpoint
0: well but here's the thing jeff you got to realize but when i sin <laughs> I, I can
1: tell the sarcastic tone in when, your I, voice when when i sin
0: <laughs> when i sin i gotta ask god to forgive me again i gotta repent of that sin i mean known sin of my well i gotta repent of my covert sin and my overt sin i got some that i just do that are obvious then i got some sin of stuff I should have done, I didn't do, and I should have, you know, so that's sin too. So I got to go to God every day with this stuff to get forgiven, right? I mean, didn't
1: that? Uh, no. Glad you asked that. One of the verses, or a couple of verses from the book of Acts that I wanted to bring up, and um, Acts chapter 13, verses, or verse 38, says, Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man... That through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins, and so forgiveness of sins is a noun, primarily in the New Testament, not a verb. Another verse in Acts 26. Which means what?
0: Okay, so what do you mean by that? It's a noun. So, that so it is a was it a grammar thing. lesson. What do you mean? It's, it's
1: not a repeating. It's not a, re, a uh, thing repetitive action. This happened. Okay, it's an event. It's news that has happened. And you know, I read something the other day, and it's. I mean, it's so obvious, but it's you know that the good the gospel we've said before. The gospel is not good advice. It's good news. The thing I read, which I also like, is pretty much very similar, says the gospel is not good directions, it's good news. And by definition, news is something that has already happened.
0: Right, you get news of an event that took place. So the good news is an announcement of an event. Of what has already happened. It's not a process, it's not principles, it's not a program, it's it's not not steps,
1: not directions, not advice. When you watch the evening news, they're supposed to be telling you what has already happened. Right. They're not supposed to try to be predicting what might happen or make you fearful of what might happen. Although that obviously, or they don't usually tell
0: you what to do, what you should be doing. They're telling you what has happened, what, what's taken
1: place. And so the the proclamation of the forgiveness of sins. The other verse in Acts twenty six verse eighteen to open their eyes. So this is Paul recounting his conversion and and what he was instructed uh, on the road to Damascus to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan. To God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in Me. So the idea that forgiveness is a one-time event—he took away all the sins. So it's not a matter of asking God to forgive you; it's a matter of believing in Jesus that He already has. It's believing the good news of the gospel. And I said, just just this morning I saw a video of a recent thing on the news. And a very well-known Christian leader, I won't mention his name, but a very well-known Christian leader that I have a world of respect for and does a a ton of good things in the world, and I'm very thankful for him. But he also mentioned in a national public audience and a national news show that when we come to God, we need to come in the right way. We need to ask him to forgive us. And I just don't think that's accurate. No, it's not accurate. And that's it's not accurate. And that is There's missed. no pl-
0: Nobody did that in the Bible. Nobody came, and that's how they came to the Lord.
1: Scripture. We have the, the verse in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our debts as we forgive our, you know, those who trespass, or forgive our trespasses or debts as those who have sinned against us. But that was before the cross. That's not part of the new covenant. Part of the new covenant points out in Hebrews is the forgiveness of sins. And so it's a permanent place. And that's why. So we get back to the second half of the gospel. So the first half of the gospel is taking care of the sin issue that separated us from God. When you take care of the sin issue, then that opens up the way for the second half of the God is for man to be indwelt by the spirit of God. Okay, the so back up for could I think
0: we got to be real clear about this. That when okay. Jesus said, "Forgive us," um, you know, the, the, what we've called the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. Jesus didn't call it that, but the uh, "Forgive us the way we forgive others." You know, that's the way it worked before the cross. After the cross, you never hear that language again. It is always God has forgiven you through the blood of Jesus. Therefore, you ought to forgive other people, but the forgiveness that you get comes first. On this side of the right. cross, before the cross, it was always you forgive, so God will forgive you. After the cross, it was always God has forgiven you, therefore you ought to forgive other people.
1: And no one could keep that standard too. Right. So I want to make that clear. Sometimes I think we've been misunderstood that, and I've seen a comment or two on Facebook that some "Well, okay, no, they were saved by grace through faith." Then, absolutely, you know. So no one was ever saved any way other than by grace through faith. Right. Ultimately, through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, but that was the system that was in place, not with the idea that people would actually attain righteousness that way or attain forgiveness. That is just part of the law to show that everybody was guilty. Okay, then see,
0: see if you think it relates to this. You know, the, the scripture before John three sixteen, um, or actually right after John three sixteen. We know John three sixteen. God, you know, for God's love of the world gave his only begotten Son. That whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. But listen to this: For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. So whoever believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he not believe in the name of his only son. Now mm-hmm. here's the thing. And this is the, the condemnation. This is the way it says, in, for instance, in the New King James Version. It says, this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world, but men just love darkness more than light. It wasn't individual sin. That yeah. had been taken care of. The only condemnation now is... That I don't want Jesus, I just would just rather stay in my darkness, I would rather stay the way I am, I don't want anything else. so the condemnation now that hangs over the world is just a rejection of Jesus,
1: and the idea of darkness versus light that it's yeah. you know that's a little different than just good versus bad, you know that yeah. chose to you know, light's a reality, yeah, I don't want you God know, what God has for me. I just
0: want I'm fine the way I am. that's the only condemnation that hangs over
1: the world and don't yeah, I mean, so all sin has been forgiven. But we're that does not mean that every person is ultimately no. We're not ultimate uh, reconciliation. We're not in the yeah. ultimate reconciliation or inclusionist in those terms. So there will be people that will be separated from God eternally, not because of their sin so much, or it wasn't because of their sin, right. but because of their failure to believe in Jesus. They said want put Jesus. Put their faith in, in Jesus want, Christ, and, and so the, the gift has to be received. But the good news is you were already forgiven. So the idea of going back to God to, you know, please forgive me, please forgive me, please forgive me, is basically a longing based on unbelief. It's unbelief, yeah. Because you it, don't believe that. I don't believe what he's done. Because, it, you know, we're not forgiven by a prayer. You know and you're know, like not
0: forgiven by feelings. Well, I feel like I did yeah. wrong, I feel bad about that. So, you know, you're either going to b- b- base your faith on what you feel or what you believe the gospel reveals to us about what Jesus has already done for us
1: so if someone sins and and someone you know some other preacher tells them well you need to ask God to forgive you okay so we're saying that forgiveness is based on what Jesus did on the cross plus your prayer right. no 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 right. no 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 a right. thousand times no your forgiveness is based on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross period yeah it's not that sacrifice plus your sincerity plus your prayer and you know we believe in what has already been done and that is a huge eye-opener so that is what opens us up then so the last part of that verse in Romans 10 talks about saved by his life and so the resurrection brings to us and the Holy Spirit in us brings us back to life that that union that God desired from the very beginning we can become spiritually alive and that verse is that word life is all through the New Testament both in the words of Jesus, you know, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly, and the John three sixteen that you mentioned, eternal life. So that life is a plane of life; it, it is God's life within us, and we can be restored to wholeness by having God live in us. But the sin issue was dealt—you know—has to be dealt with first. And the good news is that it was. And that's
0: why we say one of my favorite quotes. I don't know who said it originally; wasn't us, wasn't me. That that Jesus did not come to make bad people good, but to make dead people alive. Right. And that really is true. Yeah. You know the issue is not that okay we got a bunch of bad people here and we got to straighten them out. The, the the problem was that we're dead on the inside and that we need to be made alive again and that's what Jesus did for us.
1: And and that's why that's you know a lot of people are scared to tell people your sins are forgiven. You know oh, there's yeah. a fear if you just tell people all their right, sins are forgiven right. they're just going to run wild. Well that would be true if yeah. there was only one half of the gospel. Yeah. But the other half of the gospel is when we put our faith in Him, then the Spirit of God brings us to life, and so the motivation then comes from the inside, not from threats and of right. things and I on the outside. Totally agree with that.
0: You know, I would just say this too: is that we sometimes feel like we have to mitigate the good news because we think God maybe went too far, and so we have to kind of temper down tamp down what he said. For instance, if you tell somebody you're totally forgiven because of what Jesus has done for you, you can put your faith in him. Well, you know, that might, you know, of course, the the classic phrase is that might give them a license to sin. Well, you Mm -hmm. know what? And, And I know this is kind of a really crass way of saying it, but that's kind of God's problem. I mean, he's the one who set this up. He is the one who set the gospel up. He can take care of them. I don't have to bring back the gospel because I'm afraid maybe it won't work the way God intended it to work. You know, this is the message. Jesus died completely for us, paid the full price one time for all of our sin, for all eternity. We can put our faith in him. We do not have to go back begging him every day, every time we mess up. Or well, that's all you ever do in your Christian life, which is all a lot of people yeah. do ever do
1: in it's their just, Christian life. It's Old Covenant 2.0. Just, just
0: Yeah, it's just, just Old Covenant rehashed, yeah. you know? And that's not the message of the Gospel, not the message of the New covenant. People say, "Well, what if you do it's like they they want to bring this, these ramifications in what what is the are the consequences of that? Well, you know, that's God's problem. Let him work that out with the person. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, the gospel is the gospel,
1: and we can trust God.
0: Yeah, we need to just trust together. God. I mean, I you know, so.
1: the uh, I read something the other day that kind of relates to all this, the idea that you know the phrase "Jesus is Lord." I think is really misunderstood. You know, a lot of times people say, okay, can you really say Jesus is Lord? Okay, so Roger Fields, can you say Jesus is Lord? Well, a lot of people, when they ask that, what are they really at? You know, not what you and I believe. See, but I don't a,
0: know because yesterday I know I should have shared my faith mm-hmm. with the lady at Dairy Queen. I didn't do it, so I guess she really isn't Lord for me, you know.
1: Yeah, okay, for me. So yeah. that's the idea. Yeah. That that too often that phrase to, to say, okay, Jesus is Lord is essentially – We take it as a statement of our commitment, of our performance, of our determination, as opposed to a statement of who Jesus is. Well, it's
0: like you know, if if he's not Lord of all, Jeff, he's not Lord at
1: all. I read that again just the other day. So, what does that mean? mean, So, but but my point is here that the declaration of Jesus is Lord is not a declaration of my intention. Right. I want to repeat that. Right. The declaration that Jesus is Lord is not a declaration. of... Of my intention. If I want to declare my intention, then I'll say something else. I won't say that. The declaration that Jesus is Lord is a declaration of who he is and what he has done, regardless of my intention. And so it does now. So I say Jesus is Lord, I'm saying, okay, he is overall. And so if he took away my sins, they were taken away. Why? Because Jesus is Lord. And so my confidence is in him and his authority and his power. None of my own. And so, I mean, there are all different ways we try to, and people try to motivate the flesh. But the good news is this twofold part of the gospel, that sin has been, you know, the first half, sin has been taken care of. That opens the door for the second half. That having been forgiving, forgiven, forgiven, the Holy Spirit lives in us permanently, so He doesn't leave when we sin because the sin is already taken care of. So it's not a, a Old Testament type of thing. So He doesn't over like and over.
0: stay with us in our good days and then leave us on our bad days.
1: And mm-hmm. so we yeah. have on it, forgiveness of sin is a one time event that we have, and so we are then free to enjoy the love and the acceptance of the Father, and He produces His life within us.
0: Even like what, like Lynch's book says, even on our worst day, right?
1: Yeah. yeah, worst day, bad day, because it's based on His performance, not ours. That's good news. Well, I like it.
0: Um, you know, I read uh, kind of a cool quote the other day. It said that uh, you know, well, let me say it this way. Set it up. The, the, you know, one of the things I love the most about what the gospel says about the um, the crucifixion of Jesus is that the the temple veil was rent in two, was mm-hmm. torn in two from top to bottom, big thick seven layer curtain kind of thing that was ripped in half the moment Jesus died. And somebody said, you know, but religion stitches the veil back yeah, up. You yeah. know, sews it back up. And so the veil ripped means that God was available to everybody. He was no longer confined to the inner sanctuary, the inner chamber of the temple. He was freely available. But religion wants to kind of sew that back up again.
1: And the sacrifice is final. One quick thing before you wind up. You you pointed out how the Old Testament sacrifice, they didn't ask you how you were doing. It's based on your sacrifice. They didn't ask for forgiveness then either, too. I know. know, They didn't say, okay, here's my land. Would you now please forgive me? No, it's just here's the land. And, so, and I have said many times, we have made the New
0: Covenant more legalistic than the Old Covenant in many ways.
1: Anyway, maybe we talk about that. Some, would, yeah, the twisted version of the New Covenant. The yeah, twisted covenant. Yeah,
0: right. Not the actual New Covenant. All right.